Hi, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast where turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. In this podcast, I'll bring you resources, tips, interviews, and lots more to help to grow your business and make it less dependent on you. Okay. All right. So welcome back. So in this session, we're going to talk about ways to ramp up your energy. The alternative title, Giles, for this session was, I think it was something like how to get the best out of the most important asset in your business. It's obvious, but for uh, most everybody in this room, who is the most important in your company? Me. Yeah, yeah, Dan, yeah. Yeah, It's probably yourself. And in the same context in which we're talking about earlier today about mental health, there's also physical health, and of course, those two things interconnected, linked. And in in the last year, or certainly in the midst of the pandemic in 2020, I was feeling a bit tired, stressed, and burnt out. And I'm a real numbers and data freak. You may have noticed this. And I, I apply the same principles to health. My philosophy is somewhat similar to Rami Sethi about money, which is be really tight and stingy in areas that aren't important to you. So you can be exuberant and splash the cash in areas that are important. And for me, that's my health. So I spend very extravagantly, I have no expense spared on things as it relates to my health. And therefore, I try and test a lot of stuff on myself personally. And I'm very happy to say that I am feel the best I can remember feeling in many years. And because I've tried a lot of stuff, I thought I would share some of my biggest distinctions over the last 12 months or so with you on the basis that you might, some of them you can try on for yourself and see if they fit. How does that sound? Good. On page number 15, is that right? Yeah. 15, at the top it says, energy is all about. And for me, energy is all about effective recovery and environment. Said differently, a lot of people think about, when they think about energy, they think about where does the pickup, where does the energy come from? But I actually believe, and for the fitness-related business owners in the room, I hope would support me in this, that, that actually it's the recovery which is the measurement of your fitness. I.e., if we squat all squat the same weight or do the same number of air squats, we might physically all be able to do that set number. But actually, how many that we can do isn't the measurement of fitness. It's what shape we're in the next day, right? How quickly we recover or not from that. And as I've gotten older, I've started to recognize increasingly that actually it's not so much the high being high that I'm after, but the low not being as low. And and I also think as an A-type personality, there's a tendency to push through and make it happen and force it to happen. And while that can be helpful momentarily, in the long term, it's usually detrimental. And therefore, under the theme surge of sustainability, I'm not interested in can you force it to make it happen. I'm interested, can we still be doing this a decade, two decades, three decades from now? And it's that effective recovery, which you'll you'll notice of the five things I talk about, uh, the majority are focused on the recovery side. However, Jacqueline, there's an important piece that comes before even the recovery elements. And for me is, uh, how do you know if your recovery is effective or not? So you need to have something way of measuring or the label that I'll use for it is testing. So the first thing 
that has been really potent for me in the last 12 months is testing. And specifically, what kind of testing? Well, testing yourself physically, i.e. having measurements there, having a baseline from which to compare yourself against Josh, is paramount. We could talk about a lot of different things, and I certainly do have tried a lot, and some that are more expensive than the example I'm about to give you. But at the most base level, I believe you should be getting blood work done on yourselves quarterly. And for me, I do it at least quarterly, and then annually, I'll do a really more fuller, comprehensive blood panel, because I want to know what are my hormone levels, what are my bodies? By the way, I should have put the disclaimer at the start. Not a doctor. We're probably using correct terms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But how, what are my levels of different minerals and vitamins, et cetera, in my body? Like, so I need to be able to test. A pinprick bud test I use on a quarterly basis is by this company, which is called Thriver. And there's many equivalent competitors to them. And I will say I haven't tried them all, so I can't speak to who's the best. But this is one that I use for the simplistic stuff. And for the more comprehensive stuff, I've got both a private GP, as in I think the NHS is fantastic. If you're in this room, you've probably got the money, which means you can get a higher level of service should you want to do it. And for me, I I can't see why I wouldn't. I justify it to myself as I'm lessening the burden on the NHS because I'm doing it privately. And actually, I can get access to more tests, more things more quickly. Okay. In addition to a private GP, I also go to a functional doctor. So what is a functional doctor? A functional doctor, the way that they would pitch it to you, again, use your own judgment and your own critical faculty. Whether you agree with me on this or not is is irrelevant. I just offer it up for your consideration. Functional doctors, the pitch they'll give you is they're looking for the root causes of your health disturbances. So they're more holistic. Okay. I I see it as almost a trifecta. I've got my GP's opinion. I've got my functional doctor's opinion. And then I've got my own opinion or, or an outside company like Thriver and I'm trying to triangulate. Often they'll agree on the same things and sometimes they'll have diametrically opposing points of view. But I, go, I don't want to just take one source and go, well, I'll agree with that. I don't want to confuse myself, so I'm only going to get one source. What if it's the wrong fucking source? I, 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 I want to know, okay, let, let me try and triangulate and figure out where they overlap, okay? And if you Google functional doctors, you'll find ones in your area. I'll happily tell you mine, which you just got off on maternity leave in Coventry, so you're better off looking up the ones in your local area. And as an example for this, Matt, why I don't want to make assumptions, there's an increasing amount of evidence and research that backs up that different people react to different supplementation and different diets differently. So I believe that medicine is going to be become increasingly tailored individually over time. So as a quirky example, I think I spoke about this once in a success mastermind in the past on one of my more intensive blood testing rounds, we found that I was really deficient in a particular B, vitamin B2 that I was really deficient in, which I found bizarre because I had that base covered with a B complex like uh, vitamin supplement that I took regularly. All the other B vitamins were really strong, but this one, for whatever reason, from an environmental reason, I was still deficient in. And lo and behold, the testing, Derek, is what showed that up. As soon as I supplemented with what I was deficient in, magically, I felt much better. 
But the problem is, Omar, a lot of times we read some article and go, oh, yeah, we need vitamin uh, C or, or vitamin D, right? And people go, oh, vitamin D, which was very topical related to COVID and lack of sunlight and all that kind of jazz. Uh, but for me, my levels were almost, were at the very upper limits of a normal range. I almost had too much. So if I just read an article, go, I'm going to supplement with a lot of vitamin D, I could have been detrimental to my health. Hence why the baseline for me is saying, look, get well informed. Be looking at, if you're the most important asset to your business, how can I test uh, and find out what's going on? In the same way, let's look at your numbers. Let's look at your P&L. Let's look at your balance sheet. Let's look at your cash flow. If we're going to make a an investment decision, so we need to know, Leslie, what's going on. What's the financial picture of health? Same thing with you physically, I believe. Secondly, I put this down as an, a different point, even though it closely correlates. How do you track it on an ongoing basis? So there's the kind of the test, the benchmarks, but what is the regular tracking look like? There's quite a few people in this group who we've all been in Fitbit challenges together and given quite a lot of abuse, if I'm honest. Alexis, Lisa, as we've been, and there's a lot of other wearable devices that are becoming more commonplace now. The one that I'm hot on at the moment and have been for about a year is this one that I wear, which is called a Whoop Strap. But I know there's some people in this room use equivalents. Like the Aura Ring is another one and Garmin do uh, one that's way more proficient than uh, a Fitbit, in my opinion. But I've, just for the record, I've got both on. I've got a Fitbit and I've got a Whoop. But the reason why I like it is I like the data in the same way that you might track the P&L. So I'm not going to this into detail, but it syncs with an app on your phone. So this is a screenshot of your recovery levels, right? How well your body's recovered so you can decide how intensively you're going to train that day. It can also say, okay, is your respiratory rate, is your heart rate, is your heart rate variability in appropriate ranges? And the reason why I like Whoop is it also, you tell it in a morning what behaviors you had the previous day. So for example, did you meditate? Did you hydrate sufficiently? Did you? Uh, and then it correlates that with your recovery. So monthly it says, okay, Dan. So what one for me is I naturally use up a lot of magnesium. So when I supplement with magnesium, I tend to sleep much better, which means my recovery is better. Now, the point is, somebody could just listen to this and go, oh, I'll supplement with magnesium, or I do. But yeah, but the thing is, does it work for you? So for me, as an example, I can drink coffee. I can drink coffee late in the day, makes no impact on my sleep. I naturally metabolize coffee very quickly. So I had a cup of coffee about an hour ago. Make no impact on my sleep whatsoever. But I've got another friend who put me onto the whoop strap, who if he has coffee past midday, his nighttime sleep is destroyed. And you get to figure out, okay, what seems to help you recover and what seems to what seems to hurt you recover. So the, the point I'm making, Omar, is tracking. Blatant affiliate link coming up. They try and get business via referrals. So I put my affiliate link here, which basically means you get a month free, but it also gives me a month free because that Whoop is a paid subscription. It's 25 quid a month. So Disclosure given. All sign up and I'll have 17 years free uh, <laughs> of usage of Whoop. But, but like I said, all rings as well is valid. I just like particularly like Whoop. So that's point number two. And I think that will give you guidance. So the, the next three that I'm going to give you are specific ones that I found that I think would probably fit most people in here. But you could argue that might not be true if you tested and tracked and measured against it. That's why I led Georgia with those two first. Oh, which way around did I do it? 
Yeah, so here, here's my biggest personal recent spend that, that, that I absolutely love. I hope I've got it the right way around, otherwise I'll completely ruin the setup, but I think I'm right, so let's just go for it. Where do you spend most of your time? In bed. So if there was one bit of kit that you want to, that you want to invest heavily in, it would be your bed or your mattress. And so for me, I felt I needed a new mattress recently because it was just old enough. So I I'd bought this particular brand of mattress before and I looked up a local stockist. I went along and said, show me what you've got. And they showed me the, but it was too complex. I couldn't figure it out, all the different things and hardness, softness. I don't want to become like an engineer and know every detail about it. I just want well, whatever helps me the most. So I said, don't tell me the prices. I'm just going to do a good old-fashioned lie on it and think uh, which one feels the best. So I then went on the three mattresses that from this particular brand in this particular bed store, Matt. I went, right, okay, that one feels the nicest. I said, right, which one is that one? And he went, well, it's the uh, the most expensive mattress in the store. Um, actually, the owner of the store who's been in the bed industry for 30 years, this is the mattress that he has at home. And I went, okay, I'll, I'll have it. And uh King size mattress, the average price, if I was to say you guys, how much would you spend on a king size mattress? You might say how much money? A grand, 800 quid. Okay, great. Yeah, this one was basically double that. So, un but under sleep. So this was the particular brand. It was a mammoth mattress. But to be honest, it's what whatever works for you. I just, okay. And I bought in a different house, uh, like I bought a mattress that I thought was nice, but didn't and I just found that I was sleeping like crap. And I was like, oh, so he got, quickly got relegated to spare bedroom. So when I've got guests over, Charles, they can sleep like crap. Yeah, 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 exactly. Get, get the in-laws out sooner, Alistair. So, I, I, and I found for me that when I got this particular mattress, immediately, where did it show up? It showed up in the stats that I was tracking. Immediately, my recovery just improved significantly. So if that's an area where you've not invested in, I go, you know what, actually... How I show up day to day is a function. We all know when you have a really disrupted night's sleep, especially those in the room with children or young children, it's like the next day is just significantly less productive. All right, well, at a low level, if you're in a crappy bed, you're going to go, it's subpar. Well, is the inverse true? If you have a, be a better bed, is it you're just slightly better every single day? What are the magnified effects of that? That's my kind of postulations. And, and then it's interesting when you go, oh, you spent whatever, two grand or something like that number on the mattress, two and a half grand. So, oh my God, two and a half grand on a mattress. I'd, I'd get one for 800 quid or I could go to Ikea and get one for 300 quid. And yet the same person rocks out of here into an 80,000 pound Tesla. And where are you spending more of your time? In the car or in your bed? On which one is going to have a better impact on you and your productivity going forward? Does this make sense? I am aware that I'm quite evangelical about this topic and you all might be saying, what the hell is this session? My affiliate link, all I know is I'm feeling, I was feeling good anyway, but especially great in the last month and that, I just, great. Some of you might go, you know what? I can't remember <laughs> when, when I replaced this bed. It might be a sign that it's time, okay? So here's probably my most expensive purchase, which I think I made just before the pandemic, I think, by coincidence. And there's quite a lot of research because I do get quite heavily into the research, Billy, and it really worked for me, was infrared sauna, right? Now, just to be clear, some people don't like this because fundamentally an infrared sauna is like getting into a microwave, which isn't the best way to sell it. I, 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 it isn't the best way to sell it, as you can imagine. But fundamentally, if you actually look at the research that supports it over a long period of time, 
I go, it's good. It helps your body detoxify much more quickly. Blah, 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 blah. And that's, is that a stronger argument, Yana? Blah, 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 blah. And there's a lot of evidence to suggest that it supports recovery. And by the way, if you, when you look into it, most of the research is done on high-performing athletes, which makes sense that they're more obsessed about their physical recovery. And I would encourage you, Stephen, to think about yourself as an elite athlete in the sense of going, all right, I don't have to perform physically on the pitch or on the court, but you do have to perform physically and mentally in business. Okay. So I want to recover as well as possible. And I found for me that with the sort of sleep better, great, I, I feel better. So a lot of it's anecdotal and it's a control group of one, but I go, yeah, but I've also can look at research that supports it. And I'll try and look, Jacqueline, sincerely, a research that's not just from the company that's trying to sell me the bit of kit, okay? I'll, like, I'll try and look like, independently, and I'll try and look at for where it's false. <laughs> I'll try and look to disprove my own assumptions, okay? And with most of these things, you can probably find some opposing views. And I'll, I'll think of the balance of the argument, and I'll sit there and go, okay, what's the risk so I thought very carefully and long and hard, Jill, about this for a while, going, okay, are the risks? I don't want to be blinded by, oh, the potential, it could be good for you if actually it's really detrimental. <laughs> Not going to mention the dreaded opinions on vaccinations, but a lot of people, everybody in this room has reached their own personal conclusions. They're going, okay, what are the risks versus, is it right for me? All right, same thing, just different context, okay? So... If that is of appeal to you, the brand that I use, because I found that some of the cheaper brand ones, I did. I went, you know what, I don't trust these saunas. I could see how it could potentially not be as good for you. Uh, and there were two brands when I did the research that I found that stacked up. And this is the one that I bought. It's a brand called Sunlight and blah, blah, blah. And lo and behold, they are one of the more expensive ones. So you can go and get a cheap sauna. But when I looked into it, I went, you know what, I can see some risks associated with getting cheaper ones that might not be as good, maybe, for your health. So I went, uh, okay, same thing. It's about me, but this is an area that I invest in quite heavily. So I've got one of these in, in my one of my garages, and then I use that most days. In fact, better than a, an espresso or coffee to wake up, get up, go in the sauna, within 20 minutes, you're sweating buckets, jump out, jump in, a cold shower, full cold, it's a better wake-up call than any espresso. And that's me most mornings. So that's what works for me. So that's the infrared sauna. So a traditional sauna with a stove that you pour the water on and the steam is uh, heat via convection. So it'll typically, it needs to be hotter to work because it heats you from the outside in, right? And an infrared sauna works on infrared rays which means it cooks you, it heats you from the, it heats you from the inside out. So you know, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you were to, if you're not invited, just to be clear, but if you were all to come around to my house, if you're all to come around to my house tomorrow morning, seven a.m., and the sauna was heated up, because I'm really geeky into it, so I've got it so Alexa can turn the sauna on. That's my little. Alexa, turn on the sauna. It took me a while to figure out how to do that, but it's good. And so when it, it would heat up more quickly, but if you actually, when you first go in it, you'd go, well, it feels warm, but it's not, oh my God, I'm going to like, phew. so it feels just, oh, it's, yeah, it's quite warm. But if you sit there for 10 or 15 minutes, about that threshold, getting to 20 minutes, you will start to sweat profusely. And that's the, the goal. The goal is not to 
feel hot. The purpose is to actually trigger your body to sweat because you're detoxing more effectively, if that makes That's my understanding of what I've read from the research. The balance is yeah. your phone works in that, but it won't work in a normal sauna. That is also true. I'll, 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 well, I'll, I'll take my phone in and I'll, I'll put a meditation <laughs> on and I'll do a variety of things utilising the phone like a meditation and it's, it's tolerant of it and it's not <laughs> moist. moist. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Jacqueline. I probably don't want to know. I, uh, yeah, all right. So, fifth, fifth on the list. Fifth on the list, juicing. So I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of Jason Vale, the juice master. I've have kn- known Jason for quite a few years. His pitch in ten seconds would be this. He said most people are overfed and undernourished. I.e., his argument is a lot of people don't feel good because they they don't have the micronutrients that they need. It's well known that in kind of mass farming, the foods are less nutrient dense than they were just only a few decades ago. Okay, so his proposed solution, which isn't without its opposition, David, to be clear, is if you are juicing fresh fruits and vegetables, you can get more nutrients into your body more quickly, and you'll often find that it will be more satiating. So effectively, he's pitching that juicing is good for your health and energy. The counter argument, some people would argue, oh, if you are juicing your vegetables, why not just chop them up and put them into a salad? And that's valid. But then some people say, yeah, but you're not going to eat that much salad. And if I can get the nutrients more quickly, I can. And then some people go, oh, but if you don't use the right fruit and veg, and then therefore you put loads of apples and cucumbers and spinach, but it's contaminated, you're getting more of the toxins into your body more quickly via juicing. And that would also be true. So the point I'm just making is just get aware, make your own informed decisions. But I notice for me, if I'm feeling a little bit lackluster, uh, a little bit low in energy, if I typically pretty good at keeping a lot of fruit and veg in my fridge at home, if I go and juice an apple, a whole cucumber and half a bag of spinach, and then with a juicer like that costs, I don't know, 80, 90 from Amazon, that's a Philips juicer. And then I'll neck that. That might be 250 milliliters something like that, I'll feel tremendously better in about 20 minutes. And it's amazing like what a pickup that can do. I'm not anti-coffee. You guys see me drink coffee here. I drink coffee. But I go, that's a stimulant, which is helpful until it's not. It's almost hard to overdo the juice. So this feels like a more sustainable way for me from a health point of view, rather than going, oh, I'm tired. Okay, pick myself up with more caffeine. Pick myself up with more caffeine which then for me, I'll have the associated with a crash with time and it takes more caffeine to quote unquote, get me high or get me up. I go, that's not sustainable. But if I'm going to go, what's the long term? It's like fulfilling nutritional gaps. So for me, juicing is a easy way for me and my children to get more micronutrients more quickly. So that's my top five. I'm a big fan of, just going back quickly, I'm a big fan of testing I'm a big I'm a big fan of tracking. Okay, so I'll do the blood tests. I'll, I'll track my I'll track my body's kind of rhythms on an app like Whoop. I will. So that kind of gives me feedback as to is what I'm doing, Georgia, working or not, and what do I need to change. That's the starter for me. And then beyond that, I go okay. It's about recovery. It's about recovery. How do I make sure I recover better? Without deep recovery, you don't get peak performance. Is my experience. 
right? It's like middle along and I don't exercise. I find when I exercise hard, I tend to sleep better as well. All right, best of both worlds. But if you exercise hard and you don't recover, then you're setting yourself up to be vulnerable. Okay, so I think sleep is critical and it's underpaid. For me, this is a indulgent. Right? If you're on a budget, you skip. You probably have to skip this one. But for me, I find it go, well, it's an environment. So for me, it's part of my morning routine. Get up. Say again. Add the, oh, add the gym. Yes, if, you saw, if your gym's got one, great. And so for me, it makes part of my morning routine, right? I'm up, okay, I'll do a meditation. I'll do like, think about my intentions for the day. All right, fine. Little morning routine that works for me. And then juicing is just, for me, feels like a sustainable way for plugging some of those nutritional gaps. While I do take a variety of supplements, I'm not suggesting any of those here because it, it's based upon the testing. It's based upon what competent testing Feedback from a professional, health professional, Alistair, what do I need? Where am I deficient? And I'll find that's where the 80-20 rule applies. Darren, if you find where you're specifically deficient, the right supplement, I don't know, a B2 supplement in my case, I don't know how much it cost, but it was nothing. Do you know what I mean? It, it was absolutely nothing. But for me, that was massively impactful. Omar, it might make no difference to you because you're not deficient in that vitamin. And then you're right back to testing and tracking. So... That's just a quick download of thoughts, comments, and things that have worked for me. Questions, thoughts, comments? <coughs> yeah, go for it. Alexis first. Uh, yeah, I really like that. It's, it's uh, different to what you usually do. Normally, you avoid individual sharing individual products, etc., because because otherwise it can feel like I've written those kind of whatever. But often at the same time, I think we appreciate specific examples of what you or someone else has done. And so it's nice to get into the specifics and take the, uh, the key lessons for it. And certainly for me, I've done little things, you know, did get a nice bed, you know, back, back when we got married sort of 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> but, and, and been thinking about changing the mattress, but kind of thinking, yeah, it's good enough. Um, and equally, you know, I've stuck with the Fitbit a while, and, but I'm really getting value out. And so I really like the attitude of, yeah, uh, studying yourself as an elite athlete and, and changing that mindset. So, yeah, I really found that such a lovely Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I said uh, Matt first, and then come down to Nathan. Go ahead, Matt. Just curious about the, um, again, it's yeah, refreshing to do a session like that, and I appreciate it. And I'm curious about the outcome. So you said at the beginning you feel feel better than ever just, I know feeling is hard to quantify but if you're going to do like the you know the lagging case like what would you say yeah that? so I think uh, and that's why it's hard right because it is definitely more subjective okay I could I'm not going to but but I could bring up like the relative blood tests and go okay you can see that your my mitochondrial health was this and it's now this or I forget the exact terms, but certain things that, that will measure kind of cellular fatigue was this and now it's less at this. So I, but most of those terms would be meaningless in this room. And so while I'd say it's supported by data, it, 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 even those numbers are only relevant to getting, okay, how do you feel? Because if it showed that the numbers were moving in the right direction, but I go, I still feel shit. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, yes. How you feel in your business? You say you, we're saying this is about how you turn up as a business owner. Yes. I'm just curious about. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy to share this personal comment. It's not that I was not feeling this way, but as in like I was sick of it. But I came out two weeks ago, three weeks ago, it might be a month ago now. I came out of a private mastermind session, 
and two things happened that hadn't happened before. One was when I came out, I noticed I was really full of energy and I, and I text uh, my best friend and I just went, I absolutely love this. I'd be quite happy if I'm still doing exactly the same thing in another 20 years. And, and, and for me, that was like, that's a reflection of what was going on in my head from a sustainability point of view. Now, that's more than just health and energy. That was also fulfilled, enjoy it. So an emotional marker. But the other thing, I think it was on that same day, or it might have been another private mastermind meeting, I don't remember, but it's in the last month. Historically, going back, if I do private mastermind, like I'm wiped because it's very intense. Normally the people that are in and have the hot seats go, oh my God, yeah, I'm knackered after my session. And I, in my heart, I chuckle because I go, I feel like I have to be fully on for every person's session every day. So it's more intense for me than success mastermind because sometimes I'm here, sometimes I'm at the back. Private mastermind, I'm full on all two days. So I'm normally wiped, right, uh, right afterwards. And a few weeks ago, I was like, came out private mastermind. I went, what should I do tonight? And I'm like, I'm going to go to the gym and lift weights. And I went to the gym and I had a really intense session, which normally I'd have to be really psychologically geared up for to go and deadlift or whatever and go. And I just went, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go. So uh, they're both subjective anecdotal opinions, but I, I suppose that speaks to my attitude for the business. Feel better, more excited than I have done in a long time. Not that I was horrendously bad, but it feels stronger, more robust is the only way I can describe it. And then you could say some of those things are indicators that my energy level feels high because I'm going, oh, almost I'm looking for an excuse to exercise rather than, oh God, fucking hell, I've re- I really should exercise, but I don't intrinsically feel the energy to do it. Don't know that. Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, go for it, Derek. Um, for the group, you'll know that we had a part of Mastermind in June where I was at what, you should, what would be described as a very low, both emotionally, business-wise, and physically. A lot of it was because I wasn't exercising, I wasn't running. The number one recommendation was get running again. Yeah, yeah. That was Derek's private Mastermind group's very advanced business advice was basically... Derek, you've stopped running. Get out there and run more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did. You know, the next day, and the more I run, the better the business is done. And we'll see. You saw the last quarter has been pretty good. Well, Derek, I'm going to call you out in front of the audience there. So Derek just said, yeah, yeah, so I started running. I took the advice of the group, and, and the last quarter's been pretty good. So just to be clear, Derek, so you've been in business for 10 years. How has the last quarter since you restarted running been compared to your previous 10 years in business? Yeah, it's been the best quarter in his business <laughs> in its 10-year history. Now, is that direct? Is that purely because of the result of the running? No, that would be unfair. But is it fair to say that because Derek was running, it contributed to him feeling better mentally, and thus what he did in his business was better, and therefore he got a better output? I'd say that's almost undeniable. Time. It gives me space to think. Correct. Yeah, there you go. Very good. I like that a lot. Good. Any other comments, thoughts, questions? Jacqueline. Why we sleep? I haven't, but it's been... Rec- you're the second person yeah. to recommend that book to me now, which means it's got to go on my yeah, list. I think it's Matthew Walker, I think his name is. But it's really interesting about the coffee, because actually coffee affects, I think it's the dynasty. Somebody else read it. Yeah, yeah. The receptors. The receptors and actually blocks the receptors. That's the part that makes you tired. Yes. The caffeine blocks that yes. in the brain. 
So obviously it's people have a different sensitivity to that, which means that some people can drink coffee all day long and be fine. Correct. I couldn't. I haven't had coffee in 15 years. Yeah. Uh, because I just, I'm a nightmare to be around because I'm just so... <laughs> not that I'm Is that anything to do with the coffee, Jennifer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a bit of a pitch, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Easy yeah. tossed up. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And also, again, that ties back to, because I seemingly tolerate coffee very well, but that ties back to, that, that's why you've got to track it. Otherwise, you read a magazine and go, oh, I can't do this or I should do that. And actually... Who, who knows? But a, a lot of these things, a lot of these things, not all, could be low risk, and you can get the feedback quickly in yeah. days, weeks, or months. But you've got to be, you've got to be paying attention to the data. Right? There's also coffees and stuff you don't realise as well, because about ten years ago, I was at a friend's house and she made tiramisu that sleep for two days. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I got a lot done. <laughs> I, I read another book recently that was a, uh, about pan based, I don't want to say pharmaceuticals, but it was saying that it made the point, which I thought was interesting, which is caffeine is the only psychoactive drug that we knowingly give to children. And I was like, ooh, that's quite... What, what do children have caffeine? They watch. Well, Coke, most fizzy drinks. Uh, yeah. Tea. Yeah, and it's like, oh, shit. Chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate, thank you. Yeah, energy there you go. Drinks. Yeah, energy drinks. Yeah, yeah. So... And it's like, oh, that's interesting. But then you've got to be careful. Where's your assumption? Is coffee bad? Is it good? What does it mean? And there's a lot of these things are loaded. And we realise, well, the only reference I've got for is this thing good or bad is from the media, which may or may not be accurate. The Why We Sleep book, although an excellent book, there are various points that are obviously challenged because they lack quite a lot of sighting. So for And that's why I made that point about trifecta. Getting a lot of something I'm told I'm quite good at is gathering a lot of data and being able to consolidate it quickly. So that's why I like getting a lot of data and try, again, I call it triangulation. I like triangulate, okay, what's true by looking at deliberately about what's speaking for it. But normally if I'm looking for, and some of you in private masculine will have seen me do this, I will argue, Mike, somebody, so I'm blue in the face, the exact opposite of what they're saying. And the only later I'll tell them that I absolutely agreed with them. I was just making sure we're having a, like I'm arguing the best possible case for why you shouldn't make that investment, even if I'm totally on board, just to make sure that it's balanced. So I'll sometimes look at somebody saying, oh, have this sauna, it's totally safe. Part of me naturally goes, don't believe that, let me go and research and then try and find what I think it is on balance of probabilities relative my risk tolerance and that's with coffee and that's with the vaccines that's with the and that's why all of this is a very personal choice you've got to decide what's right for you but it's almost as long as you don't get overwhelmed i think it's almost hard to have too few references it just gives you a more complete picture which means you're more likely to be correct for want of a better term yep any other thoughts questions comments all right simple exercise find yourself a, find yourself a buddy what you could speak about those five things specifically if you wish, but really the bigger topic, George, is about how can you support your own energy better going forwards. In the context in this session, it's in the context of physical health. Like where are you deficient or where could you do with turning the dial up, Leslie, on support of your effective recovery and your environment? How can you support yourself having better physical energy levels? Okay, just quick uh, five minute conversation, find yourself a partner. Where you go? Okay. So questions, thoughts, comments, feedback from that exercise. What did you come up with? What ideas did you have? What questions do you have?
Talk to me. Yep. Um, I just want to say thank you for suggesting the blood testing because I've been meaning to do that for about two years. And you, you, yeah, you've literally pushed me over the edge to get that done in the next quarter. That's, Good. That's a big thing. I, I just want to say I will not be held responsible. Good. The driver or the other similar ones, a pinprick, you do it at home. It's not hard. It's not painful. It's, yeah, so it's whilst actually interestingly about the triangulation, my doctor hates them because he goes, it's crap. It's not as good as proper, I forget the term for when the blood's liquid versus kind of dried and whatever. But for me, I go, yeah, but it's super cheap, super easy. And then if anything's off, I can always get a more thorough one done. So yeah, I'm a fan, as you might, <laughs> as you might be able to tell. So good. What, what do you get done on the quarterly basis? What are you testing? I will guess from memory, but it changes over time depending on how long. Because again, something like Thriver, which are like your financials, one PL is wrong, it'll say, okay, your last four sessions, your cholesterol level, so that's one thing that I definitely track quarterly, has been trending upwards or it's been trending downwards or it's been stable. And then there's a few things where I test it for a few times and I go, you know what, that's unlikely to change. So I just drop it because with Thriver, you charge per thing that you test for every time. So it goes on and off. I'm thinking anecdotally. Any of the vitamins or whatever that I've been deficient in, for me, I think I've stopped it now, but I was measuring testosterone and I was cholesterol definitely because genetically I've got a higher cholesterol level. So that's one that I'm pretty anal obsessive about. I can't remember the others, but I'll have a look later and tell you. Yeah, yeah, magnesium, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's all I can remember right now. But I think on Thriver, it's one of those where they're smart, they ask you a list of questions and giving your goals or your health challenges, they'll say, we recommend these specific tests. And I pretty much go by that and then add ones on, take ones off, depending on what I need. Definitely should have got an affiliate link up for Thrivers. Anyway, Nathan. Yeah, I was just saying, I, I could get the best mattress in the shop, but my evening routine, if, I've not, if I'm not winding down in the evening, yeah. I'm not going to have a good night's sleep. And I've got into a habit. I've got, my morning routine's fantastic. But I don't know why, the other end of the day, I work late, and then it's oftentimes what it is. I work up to the point I'm pretty tired. I'm like, right, it's bedtime, brush my teeth and go to bed. And, that's, and then I lie there, I'm knackered while I'm working, and I lie there awake. Actually, David was just suggesting something called a My High Blanket, which is actually an infrared sauna in a blanket. I've seen those. I'll add anything, just to jump myself. I'll tell you the thing that screws up my sleep more than anything else. And a lot of people go, yeah, I know this, but I've now got the data to go, it, it royally screws me up. The thing that has the biggest impact negatively on my sleep it, using my phone past 9 p.m. Yeah, for sure. So for me, I use one of those habit trackers on my phone. It's the most used app on my phone. And one of the things is like, phone down at 9 p.m. I off laptops, phone down. And it was hard for me to break. I remember when I had evening work habits like you. Now, like, I don't do work after maybe 5 p.m. But I'm still probably on my phone. But at 9 o'clock, it's like, shit. I want to get the, the point from tracking that. I've done it successfully, but that's me because I'm hyper-competitive for myself and it doesn't always work. But I know that when I break it, it fucks my sleep up. So I always get to sleep, whatever. And I've been on the phone later anyway. So I'm already going to bed later often because I'm distracted by the phone, right? Oh, yeah, it just screws me up. Yep. Anything else, Nathan? Because then I've got 
All right, good. So jump to Alistair first, and then we'll come over here. I, I think, and I suppose I say this speaking to all the younger people here, I think exercise is such an important part of all of our lives. But it's important to find out what exercise you, you, you can do when you keep doing, and then be disciplined to do it. Because I, I, say, I use the expression used to an awful lot of my time. I used to play a lot of sport, and then through various things I can't. I now do the sports that I enjoy, which are golf, but it's not great for you. Everything else, the real tennis, which is not great. So it's important to find the ones you can and then be disciplined to do it. We were just saying that however much we intend to, I hate going to the gym because it's 15 minutes drive and I just, I hate doing that. But if I'm disciplined enough to write it in the diary that I'm going there at eight o'clock on Tuesday morning, then I'll go there at eight o'clock on Tuesday morning and just try and find the exercise, whether it's swimming or whatever it is, and try and do it. Because you, you can't carry on doing the same things forever. So yeah. you've just got to adapt to what suits you. Yeah, 100%. Goal or compliance is everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys, the you are, the, the better you can cope with day-to-day -day life. Uh, definitely. Do you, guys, you guys know what the best diet is, right? What's the, what is scientifically proven to be the best diet? Well, the one you can stick to. So like, compliance is everything. It, it could be the perfect, nutritionally complete diet program, but if you can't stick to it, if it's hard for compliance, it's not going to work. I, I'd rather an exercise regime that you stick to consistently and become habitualized, the one that's more optimal for what your body needs, but it's a pain in the ass to do and you, you hate doing it because you're not going to be compliant over time. Yeah. Uh, uh, going to go here first. Or was it Naomi? Yeah. yeah. Well, I just wanted to talk from a sort of female perspective about leveraging your monthly cycle. And you have seasons in that monthly cycle where you have more energy and less energy. So certainly don't book up a load of presentations. The week when you're more withdrawn and you're feeling more intuitive, there are other ways that you can leverage that energy to, to really make your business more successful. And I think it's a really interesting area as, as female business owners, but also for men to understand the, how we can leverage that in our employees as well. Yes. And it's something we don't really talk about, but I think it's a really important conversation. Yeah, great point. Good. Definitely. Again, can't speak to it personally, but definitely a fan of figuring out what works and being, again, in some senses, that ties to some points I made earlier today about mental health and about saying, okay, you've got to, you've got to figure out what works relevant for the people involved. 100%. Good. Thanks, Naomi. There's somebody over here. Of course it was. It's interesting, diarising PMT alerts. I think that's really important. But it was about the diet thing and the diet that works. And Vicky mentioned Matthew Syed's book, Rebel Ideas, earlier, in which I learned that there's no such thing as the average body. And this whole thing about what diet works is there's so many variables in the human body and we metabolize so many, we metabolize everything differently as individuals. There is no one size fits all. So whilst a paleo this or a keto that is going to work for one person or a low carbon or whatever is it could have completely the opposite effect on someone else. And that's why like the Thriver thing and uh, really tracking what you're doing with whether it be Fitbit, and I think the Charge 5 is going to have the Whoop stuff in it as well, by the way. It's really important because if you're not tracking what's working for you, I've tried, you know, like low carbs and high protein, all the rest of it. It's like, I'm still not bloody losing weight because it's the wrong diet for my the variables in my body. So that whole kind of diet thing is, for me, which is why I do the Thriver thing and everything is so important. Good. I like that. Thank you. Good. Any more for any more? Oh, don't be shy. My favourite topic. Oh, yeah, online. Thank you, Derek. Sorry, Zoomers, I was neglecting you. Thoughts, comments, uh, feedback? Rachel, Mike, Sonia, Paul, Paul, Michael? 
Any thoughts? Go for it, Sonia. Just um, Rachel and I have an interesting conversation at the back of the um, Matthew Walker book, The Sleep Book. And it was a real revelation for Phil and I that we both operate at different times of the day. So um, I'm an early bird, he's a night owl. But I think before I'd read that book, we, you know, I very much have the thinking of like, why don't you get up and why are you staying up so late? And you just need a routine and you just needed this and you just needed that. And don't I know everything that's right? Because I'm his wife, so I do, obviously. And thankfully he's not here to argue with me. But actually, it just really shone a light on that we just our brains are wired to operate at different times. And as soon as we got that and understood that and stopped fighting it, it just made everything so much better for both of us individually and, you know, together as well. And it's just, I just think it's, there's a lot of norms about things like certain diets are right and certain sleep patterns are right. And I think, like you said, about medicine becoming more individualized and us understanding our own needs for vitamins and so on, it just, that mentality just keeps expanding out. So it's a more reflection, really. Good. I love that. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you. Anybody else online? Go for it, Paul. Everything, how you do things, how you do things will be different for everybody and what makes you perform better will be different for everybody. So if you've had a particular day where you feel awesome and exceptional or you've had loads of energy when you've woken up or whatever, it's worth looking back over the last two or three days to see what have you done, what's made you feel good and trying to, trying to repeat it. I was liking it. So if you're doing an event, you're doing a race and you take, if you're able to taper down then you're going to feel awesome on that race. It's the same with business, the same with getting the best out of yourself when you're going to meetings or big pitches or whatever. That was my kind of takeaway and and thoughts. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, you broke up for a fraction in that, but I believe I got the the message about tapering. Yeah, good. I like that. In fact, funny funny thing um, that you put in the text chat uh, in the Zoom room, similar thing, start tracking is your resting heart rate, see the trends, when it's your recovery slower. So, completely random aside, I, I, I noticed, because I'm really dialed in with my resting heart rate, all of a sudden in August, when it was really hot, my resting heart rate was about five beats a minute higher than normal. And that went from, excuse me, high 40s to low 50s for me, which really pissed me off. Just because psychologically, in your 40s, you fit. It, yeah. That's how it works in my head. And in your 50s, I go, oh my God, I'm going downhill. And it really annoyed me. And it stayed elevated, but I felt great. I felt fantastic. Anyway, I did the last round of blood tests. I just did my annual review. And my doctor basically went, have you had COVID? And I went, "Uh, no, I might have had it when my children had it back in January, but I don't think so. Anyway, long and short of it, even though this isn't proven, she said, from looking at the markers, she went, I'm pretty darn convinced that you had COVID in the last month, but were asymptomatic. And I went, oh shit, now that you say that, there was a three-week period at the start of August when my heart rate just was up like for three weeks and then it just dropped back down like nothing had ever happened but I felt I felt fine and it's just interesting and I, I don't know that's what happened but there was also some markers in my blood test which guys that's they would be up or you'd be deficient in these things because your body's fighting an infection I said but I felt completely fine she went maybe your body was fighting the infection but you're asymptomatic and you're just like oh interesting so I Good. I'm like, yeah, I hope I have. If I've had it and had no symptoms, that's even better, like uber immunity. But th- this is why I'm a fan of just being dialed in, dialed in on your metrics. Any final comments? Yep, go for it. Uh, what Charles. What do you think about food? <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't spoken about it because it, like, it impacts on, on the com- <laughs> culture, corporate culture. You know, Dave was talking about it. If it. When you've got your own business, there's obviously stress, there's celebrations, there's 
uh, people having team nights out, speak for myself. It's, it is a big part of a lot of people's lives, yeah, especially good. when you're under the it stress is. of running a business and, as I say, celebrating wins, etc. But it does, for me, massively affect me the next day. Not just as it is a hangover, but even it's more nuanced than that in terms of how I perform, my motivation, my anxiety, all that kind of stuff. But Yeah, it's interesting. So I don't have a well-versed opinion on it because I'm borderline teetotal. I'm a weddings and funerals kind of drinker. Um, or as those that have heard me chat about this private mastermind know, if I'm drinking alcohol in a business setting, it's because I'm trying to persuade somebody to either buy a business from me or I'm trying to buy a business from them. That's pretty much the only context in which you'll see me drink alcohol. But for me, it just absolutely destroys me. So ever since I was a teenager, I never drank much because I have a tiny amount to drink and I, I'm hungover and I feel shocking, absolutely shocking. So it put me off. But I pick up the point about the culture. And I, yeah, no one I would say is I, I think you need to track it and pay attention. Some people can drink like a fish and get up the next day. Nothing's happened. I think some people think they can do that. But actually, if they look, the quality of their sleep's gone to pot. And therefore, they, it might be sensible, if you're going to do that, to consider what's coming after and how you adapt and plan it accordingly would be my instinctive reaction. But yeah, so I don't have an answer, but I, yeah, I think it's I think it's a valid point. Yeah, yeah very good. Any more? Well, I mean, Go ahead, Derek. Everyone's different, I think, where alcohol reacts to them. I'm fine, it doesn't affect me. If my wife, if she drinks some wine that's got sulfur in it, she has night sweats and feels awful the next day. So I say, well, stay off the wine. No, but she likes the wine. So then you, you have it, you have to take the consequences. Right, yeah, interesting. I'm not sure I'm up for giving tips on how to consume more alcohol. Test the measure, yeah. Yeah, uh, okay, enough said about that. Moving swiftly on. Any final thoughts, comments? All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Three things you need to do now. Number one, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, get on over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity, Nine and a Half Steps to Improving Your Profits and Cash Flow. Also, join our Facebook group, the Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity community to connect with other business owners.